Welcome back, citizen. You're listening to Space Trucker Radio. Everything you need to know about what's happening in the verse. Don't leave without us. We're full quantum in three, two, one. Punch it. Hey guys, welcome in and welcome to the very first installment of Space Truckers Radio available to only you so far right now on our very own Flyboys Discord server. I think that depending on how you guys uh, think about this, I may even look to make this something more legit down the road. I may even post it somewhere for someone to enjoy, but until now, not being in a proper sound booth room, I think I'm just going to keep it to uh, Flyboys for now. Uh, but why? Why am I posting this here? Well, look, we play this game when we have our free time, especially during COVID. And, you know, you don't know when you're you're on a planet doing some mining, looking for that perfect quantanium rock on some barren moon all alone for a number of hours or strapped into that seat of a cat, a freelancer max or C2 for another cargo run or hunting down those bounties out in the Stanton system. And it can get boring. If you, like me, are interested in Star Citizen lore, then you know you, you want to know more, but you don't necessarily have the time to go reading through you know, Star Citizen Wiki or the various other sources where you can get some quality information. So here is what I'm presenting to you. Your own Space Trucker Radio for Flyboys. Pop it on. I'm going to do these in episodes. Episodes will have different, uh, uh, I guess, things that we will discuss. Could be alien species, could be updates to the game, could be future development, could be some of the ships and or equipment in the game, could even be new systems, who knows. Uh, but they'll be tagged well, so if you're not interested in something, uh, you won't have to go through it to find out what it's all about. But this first episode, we are going to talk about the very first alien species that the UEE or humans, you know, us, encountered. We're going to talk about the Banu. And that's how you say it, the Banu. Uh, they're the first interstellar species that was encountered by the humans in 2438. You might have read a little bit about this in the Aliens and Lore section of our Discord. I'm going to cover it briefly anyway, and then I'm going to cover a lot more you didn't know. So they became, uh, very quickly, humanity's first interstellar allies. It was a nav jumper named Vernon Tarr who was the one that was out jumping around through his various nav points, happened to stumble across a Banu trader even took a pot shot at him. Now, fortunately for this, it didn't result in the interstellar war. It was close. As uh, the account reads, we might get into that actual full detailed account one day. Uh, but it didn't resort to that and to the benefit of both species as they soon uh, came together and signed the first interstellar peace and trade accord. And they began to trade technology. And this helped each other expand out into the universe. It was beneficial for both humans and the Banu. As the Banu began to uh, expand, they formed the Protectorate, so they oversee their systems. And yes, the Banu have a variety of systems. Uh, these uh, you can find listed for yourself on Star Citizen Wiki. I'm not going to go through them here today. We do believe that the back is second is the Banu homeworld. Now, we think that. They're pretty tight-lipped when it comes to their homeworld. They have no problem telling you what systems uh, you know that they, they control, but we don't really know not from their lips anyway, if you can call those lips, uh, you know, that that's their home world. What we do know is that they do converge 
on Bacchus too uh, for large gatherings, which isn't even very often. But they evade uh, this question like it is a disease. So uh, we don't really know a whole lot that way. What else can we talk about a little bit as far as the Banu? What about their military? Well, the Banu, as you might already know, are formidable traders. But the Banu can pull together a formidable fighting force if needed as well, uh, even despite not having a dedicated standing army. Here's how they do it. The Banu run militia, and these militias keep the relative, you know, more or less peace on a day-to-day basis within their system. So these militias operate on a rotational basis, so they draw in volunteers, sometimes even criminals from various inhabited planets within the system to keep an eye on things in space. Uh, you know, you might call their approach to law enforcement a little fast and loose. And that would be an understatement. You would be absolutely right. So because of this, suffice it to say, there's a lot of crime in the Banu Protectorate. You know, there's bad communication between the various planet states, which is important. We'll get into that later. Uh, Which means that criminals, you know, they can simply hop from world to world, just like kind of they do in the UEE. When his or her current world becomes too dangerous for them, out they go. And off to another one where they can find safe harbor. Um... You know, even the advocacy, the UEE are not permitted to, to pursue criminals over the borders. Because of that, the Banu Protectorate is a haven for even UEE criminals. Uh, we can't even make an attempt to reclaim fugitives through official channels. If you do, uh, very few of the Banu planets will extradite any fugitives found on their surface. So uh, you can see the development of crime and gives you a little bit of an indication of what you might want to be wary of uh, when Banu planets open up and what we might be looking to see. Uh, Of course, this hasn't stopped some of the more creative thinkers in the advocacy from sending agents undercover and tracking and abducting fugitives, these kind of things. You know, they happen all the time, drag them back to UEE space. Despite all of this, uh, most of the Banu will deal with you honestly. However, they have what can be described as a very lax view of crime. Uh, And they expect visitors to look after themselves. So when the time comes that we can go, keep your wits about you at all times when traveling through Banu territory and on Banu planets. Uh, Some travelers find hiring local Banu mercenaries or defender escorts to be a pretty sound investment. If you are the victim of a crime, though, when visiting, you will be expected to hire something called a security suli. We'll get to the suli point in a minute. To investigate the matter for you. So in cases of theft, you know, Many of them are willing to take a percentage of the recovered goods even as their fee if you don't have a lot of credits on hand. One of the big, biggest dangers that humans can encounter in the Banu Protectorate is slavery. We strongly advise, uh, you know, people avoid the, the servant markets um, and that mostly are on kins too. So I mean, we don't have that planet in the system yet. When that comes... Uh, no doubt we'll be warned of some of the dangers. So uh, please note that if you're captured by a Banu slaver, you will most likely be offered the opportunity to purchase your own freedom back, so carry some credits with you. (laughs) Uh, There are a few companies that offer traveler slavery insurance too in case of emergency. All of this will come into the game down the road, uh, which will be very interesting. As far as their political views, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. They run on a republic of planet states. So each run under its own political system. This is very different from the UEE, which has one centralized form of government. So these leaders on these city-states or selected representatives, you know, they'll, of each one of these planets, will individually represent, they may come together for a quorum to discuss and, if need be, a debate, legal or 
trade issues that affect the entire species. But otherwise, each is left to their own devices. Each planet, state, each you know, city-state to succeed or to fail. I don't believe there are a lot of city-states, mostly planetary states, that break up their political system. Getting to know the Banu a little bit more uh, is uh, not too bad. In fact, we can even get to know their language, which is available for us uh, right now on Spectrum. You can get to know the Banu language. I believe you can begin to learn and take lessons on there. So no doubt we'll see that come into the game down the road. Maybe an opportunity to speak Banu to some of the Banu traders, perhaps even giving us a leg up on trading with them. We'll have to see. Uh, as it, we mentioned, demographically, can have a lot of opportunities. There's at least, uh, I think I counted last, at least seven systems that the Banu were in control of. So lots of opportunity, as you can imagine how much the Stanton system alone is fleshed out for the UEE. Imagine that many variety of locations and locales to visit for the Banu people should be very interesting. And you'll want to get to know them. Uh, and not just, you know, their demographics, their political, their military, as we may have discussed so far, but even their personality is important when dealing with the Banu. Why? Because trade is the name of the game in the Banu system. And so while each of the planets boasts its own specific flavor or uh, culture and tradition, what binds them all together is their love of money and trade. Thinking about any species right now from the Star Trek universe? <laughs> Maybe you are, and you wouldn't be wrong. Banu worlds are vibrant and uh, full of lots of beautiful things, but they're also dangerous places with criminals and nobles brushing shoulders in the various marketplaces, which are very central to their society. And you can find anything you want in a Banu market if you have the creds. Having said that, uh, we should also note that this doesn't describe every single Banu as it wouldn't describe you know, every single human with one particular race. However, unlike humans, there is quite a bit less variety. You may come across a Banu who despises the whole profit-oriented focus. Uh, in the future, it does look like you'll even be able to create one. However, uh, these ones would have difficulty fitting into the society as they are very focused on trading and profit as the, as the number one focal point in a brand new life. They are also a, a religious people having multiple religions. Speaking about their trade and their commerce, unsurprisingly, the two greatest deities among them, uh, which have the most followings, are Kassa, the patron of luck, and Tiernan, the great traveler. Protectorate have a spiritual center located in the Trice system, uh, now, that's different from Bacchus too, which is their political. That's where they'll handle legal and political things. But the council, which is their religious entity, is responsible for social and moral dictums, and that define and direct all of Banu society. Now, being on that council requires a pure objectivity when dealing with their own race, so much so that they separate them from the rest of, of the people in as much as is possible. You won't see great Banu pilgrimages. Uh, they don't do that. So we don't expect to see worshipers flocking to that system, uh, creating disorder. But when it comes to that council, they must be separate from the rest of society. And that is by legal decree. It's a law. Benu monks, though, uh, their equivalents, they do produce elaborate copper-based artwork. It has a certain, you know, kitsch value. Their healers concoct medicines, a variety of them, and have been shown to be effective even on human diseases. Maybe we'll see that down the road. They have an interesting culture. They're known best for their industrious nature. 
And Banu pride themselves on their artisanal craftsmanship, along with their business acumen, which we talked about a little bit earlier. So rather than a traditional family unit, like you or I would know, mom, dad, you know, brothers, sisters, and the dog, or even corporations, you know, Coke, Pepsi, which were typically found among humans. Maybe I should be saying RSI, Drake, interplanetary, these kinds of things. That's not how they do it. The Banu instead have a, have a societal structure that combines both into one single unit. And as we, we kind of hinted on this a little bit earlier, that is called the Suli. So it's often translated as guild. There's a word familiar. We're kind of like a guild with flyboys. The Suli is the foundation for life in the Banu Protectorate. Uh, it's where they work and it's where they live together in a Suli. Each Suli specializes in a specific industry, and that can, you know, that can vary widely, maybe manufacturing ships, a trade, even Suli's that raise Banu young. There's a Suli for everything. And so this you know, regimented division of labor translates very directly into the skilled expertise present on Banu worlds, markets, trade vessels like the merchant man, like we'll be running in our guild, and that makes for a memorable visit. And that's why you can get such beautiful things uh, and at such wide variety. For many who visit the Banu, the biggest draw will be the markets, which many consider to offer some of the best shopping anywhere in the verse. Uh, not only can you peruse elite craftsmanship of the various Suli, but because the Banu trade with many other species, you can find exotic goods from almost every corner of the known space and, and si some items even farther than that. So keep your eye on those marketplaces. You may wander down the crowded stalls of a Banu flotilla on a Banu merchantman, and you're going to be treated to the senses. But to get the full experience, you'll want to have fun purchasing an item of your own, the most popular of which is a small little trinket item called a tholo. It's just a small three-sided token, and it's a representative of Casa, the Banu patron of luck. That either interests you, or it does not. <laughs> Some humans, yes. Others of us, maybe not so much. Of course, we'll leave that to your discretion in game, but they certainly are a very different people. So if you're visiting a brand new population center when the time comes, what you're going to see uh, from the smallest enclaves to the thriving cities, you will notice one thing. They are always built around a central marketplace. Human anthropologists theorize that early Banu societies must have grown around crossroads. So placing themselves along the confluences of travelers allowed them to maximize their exposure to goods and, of course, uh, help them to move things around the planet. The more popular crossroads attracted more and more Banu until the permanent settlements began to take shape around them. Interestingly enough, though, uh, these are just theories and not even Banu ones. Uh, most comprehensive historians of the Banu culture are actually humans, and that only goes back as far as our first interactions with them. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? There's a reason. The Banu believe that one should always live in the present, uh, and they've created a cultural mentality that disregards facts of the past, right? So that, to that end, uh, while technical knowledge, you know, ship designs will be preserved, at least until a better one comes along, um, all other facts like historical figures, key events, even their own homeworld, uh, have been lost to the ages. So maybe that's why they don't admit anything. <laughs> so while humans place great value on you know deeds and noteworthy actions that we become uh, you know famed for, to the Banu, it's the accumulation of material goods that truly represents a life well spent. Kind of seems almost like a bit of a interesting but cold people, but don't let them fool you. 
They, like the UEE, are also interested in sport and recreation. In fact, the Bannu are very interested in Sadaball. What is Sadaball? In the UEE, it's very popular. So Sadaball is a sport, uh, probably one of, if not the most common sport in the Stanton system and throughout the verse. It was created during the later years of colonization efforts by humanity. Uh, this we're talking about back in the Messer area when he was the Imperator. And what had happened is when colonists' children found themselves with little to do while the schools and like were being constructed. So as a prank, they began playing with the settings on the prefab colony building's bug stopper force fields. The most common model being the SATA-IM, an acronym standing for Static Advanced Termination Arrester, insect model. They tweaked the SATA fields to be strong enough to knock cups and books out of people's hands as they passed through. One day, a ball was accidentally kicked towards a door, and the modified SATA field bounced the ball right back to the child. Well, it didn't take long. In short order, a few buildings were found with the missing SATA fields. And the parents discovered children were playing a new game out in an empty lot. And because it kept them out of trouble, they quickly ordered more of these very you know, inexpensive SATA fields for the kids to modify and make more so they could play with. It didn't take long for adults to realize, too, though, how fun this game could be. And eventually, visitors to the colonies brought back footages of this exciting new sport being played. As with most new games, though, different colonies experimented with different methods of playing Sadaball. Uh, and in the early days of its formation, before it was officially recognized as a sport, through trial and error, and, um, you know, probably a number of hilarious Satterfield mishaps, uh, it was found that the addition of magnetic playing equipment enhanced the Satterfield's abilities to interact not only with the ball, but also with the players. So the magnetic equipment could easily you know, be made by salvaging electromagnetics from broken down colony machines. So it was a natural addition to this fresh and uh, fledgling sport, which both the UEE and the Banu find themselves cheering for. Uh, the Banu love the game. It is the raw physical mechanics of the sport that make them so enamored with it. And while most Banu have completely eschewed the more traditional route of picking a favorite team, to support, and if, instead they've opted to root kind of equally for both teams when they attend a Sada ball game. That's very different from us, isn't it? You know, we have a team, we cheer for the team, we stick, we're loyal to that team. Uh, but to the Banu, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. What they're interested in is if the match is as exciting as possible. In fact, according to statistics provided by the Satterball Professional League in 2944, Banu sales made up almost 35% of the total ticket revenue for the year, with border systems having even higher attendance numbers. In response to that, as the sport continues to grow and flesh out, some locations have started catering to this unique demographic by offering Banu concessions and even Banu announcers. So this has been a, a brief overview of not only the uh, recreation, sports, culture of the Banu people, but their religion, their military, and their involvement with the UEE as uh, allied trade partners in the verse. So uh, we'll have some other episodes coming up. We're going to get to look into some of the other races. And as we continue to add episodes, uh, we could talk about a, a variety of things, as we mentioned. And we hope you've enjoyed getting to know the Banu people. They're a very interesting and beautiful culture. Uh, and we look forward to seeing them in game. For now, keep your eyes on your radar. And we'll see you in the verse.